Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 59th episode of According to Alan. I am your host, Alan Muskowski, joining in studio with Kyle Muha and special guest today, Austin Caldwell. What's that mean? A snappy press. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the reason I, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you in today was just to talk a little bit about we, we kind of the first time I met you was at Society, which is about a couple weeks ago now. And we, we pretty much had an hour-long conversation about everything. Yeah. And you seem like a really interesting guy, so I thought it'd be great for you to join in and get people that perspective. Well, thank, yeah, thanks for having me. It was definitely a, a great conversation, and uh, yeah, it, uh, it drew on. The, girl, the girlfriend was like, come on, <laughs> which happens a lot. I'm sure. So I, I know the feeling. I've, my uh, assistant, Mel, she's the one who like now will start itching towards the door every time I need to get the hell out of somewhere. Yeah. And so she's like great for that. My wife does that a lot to me, too. She knows me at this point now to like if, if it's a family party to give me the half hour notice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get uh, I get secret text messages about, um, you know. My time wearing down. And <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. nice. So she she communicates subliminally. Like she'll send yeah. it to you to where everyone else doesn't hear it. Yep, exactly. Pro move. Yeah, totally, totally. So what do you think of the studios and stuff so far? Of like being because your first time up here. Yeah, this place is awesome. Uh, like I said uh, last time I was here, uh, I think I was at the Zombie Club when I was a wee lad. So it's been a it's been a it's been a minute since I've even really been to Crown Point, other than one other time. Um, actually hunt and gather. Really? So you've only been to Crown Point a few times? Yep. Yeah, I think, no way. I think twice total in my life. No kidding. Yeah. And this is the second or third? This is the, this is the third time. No yeah. way. Yeah. So where are you originally from? Uh, Portage. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so you grew born and raised there? Yeah, born, yep, totally. Well, I guess technically I was born at the Valpo Hospital because there was no Portage Hospital at the time. Gotcha. But yeah, so born and raised though. Yeah. What's the deal with Portage? Portage is, um, Portage is, I think, in between things. You know, it's like, it's like, um, it's 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 sort of like nowhere land in between. I think like Gary and Valpo, or like Lake County and Porter County. You know, it's like. Um, it doesn't have like a real distinct, clear identity, but I think it's forming, you know. Okay. And uh, and I, and I, and I, you know, I don't mean that in a negative way. I think it's actually really cool because you see um, really interesting um, people come out of it. Not always, but like you know, some really weird cats come out of there because you kind of just grow up deciding who you want to be because there's no like, you know. Um, clear lane that you're supposed to be in culturally, you know, because there is a lot going on around you, but not necessarily. Right. You know. Well, there's no like downtown square, right? So that's one thing, and then so there's not that really going for you. And then at the same token, is it's it's like it's kind of spread wide, right? Because there's a lot of people in Portage. Yeah. And so like the only time I think I've gone there is either to play sports or in like high school or mm-hmm. when I was coaching, or the other side of it's like the movie theater. Right? Yeah, and I, yeah. I don't think I've spent much time yeah, the in main, other than main that. attraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, that was our claim to fame. Was like first one to the IMAX or something like that. Well, I think the one thing too that came out in our conversation um, that I really wanted to touch on because part of what this podcast is is for people to kind of get to know what's going on locally, essentially, and, and like meet really cool people. And you do a lot of stuff with Miller, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So Miller Beach, Gary, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely a uh, kind of, I would say, an artisanal block at this point. There's yeah, a- I mean, it's a, it's it's the the attempt has been made several times over the years to to get sort of an artist movement going in in Miller, um, and I think I think it's like. Just a, t- a matter of timing, and I think I think we're I think we're getting to the point where this this is the the right time for you know it to be have some traction to you know art art can tend to be um like a an earmark of future development you know and kind of an uh, an underpinning um of of like what's what's to come. So I think. Um, you can kind of measure, measure, mm, measure the the bottom of underdevelopment and the start of the incline by like art and music. Oh, really? Sometimes. So you're saying that's like you, well, you said sometimes. So you're not saying that all the time. Uh, no, but a lot of times. You know, it's like in like history with with geography and and um, kind of the the movement of people. Whenever, you know, development kind of works it back and forth. It'll go from uh, one place will be um, developed, and then it'll it'll hit a point of diminishing returns, and then and then this kind of spillover from that will kind of go to the underdeveloped closest underdeveloped you know city, and that will start to develop, and and that's kind of how people move, and and I think. A lot of times, you'll see young people start those trends because young people like to start businesses, and they need old buildings to start businesses, and they can't afford new buildings. And um, so, with them follows kind of art and music, and and that's where people like, I think, where culture likes to start in terms of saying, okay, we're going to work on this place now, you know. And uh, a lot of times people try to manufacture it, you know, with like throwing a bunch of money at like an art based thing. But a lot of times it just happens. And, and when, when it just happens, um, because, because there's a vacuum for it, then, then really cool things tend to follow. So I, yeah. I think that's what's happening right now. We're, we're at the very start of that in Miller and Gary proper. So, yeah. That's awesome. And I know that, like, it's it's one thing to have, like, the passion and ambition behind beautifying something through art uh, on, on a block like that. Um, there's also another thing. I mean, I think that one thing I know that people hammer politicians all the time about everything. But you, you, need, some, you need some elected officials. You need some business owners to also be thinking that way, too. Mm-hmm. Right? To really kind of make that movement kind of be the perfect symmetry between the two. Right. And so it's fascinating to hear that, like, that area in particular kind of embraces both. Yeah, because you've got some very unique personalities over there. You've got Drew oh, yeah. from uh, 18th Street. You've got uh, and like Joey, I know was initially like uh, Potts was doing a lot of the art stuff there. And I think mm-hmm. um, even from as little as like the "You Are Beautiful" sign is really cool on that right. trip. Um, you got Miller Beach Cafe. You've got um, the Flamingos place, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dirty Bird. <laughs> Anna's Kombucha. You yeah. Know? It's just like all these really cool places. And that one um, art gallery that just opened, right? Yeah. You know, what's the name of that one oh, again? Oh, Square One. Square, Square one. one. I've been yeah. seeing it all over yeah. my Facebook um, feed, and I've been wanting to go check it out. Yeah. Yeah, those dudes are really awesome. And 
we've done a lot of work together and partnered on some stuff and we've got a lot of stuff in the works so um, <clears throat> yeah it's been awesome just befriending those guys and kind of watch them move and shake and do their thing because they're all Gary natives so um, you know they live in well they live kind of around Gary um, Chicago and Portage and but um, you know they were born raised in Gary and they've done pretty well for themselves and then now they're kind of coming back and focusing on helping people up you know from the community that they are from and so it's really it's really cool to see see that unfold and to just be a little part of it you know what you what got you into that movement like from that Gary side of things um you know so I um I would drive every day um, past Gary and for about three years. And in that three years, it was like every day I would have a, a thought about it. And every day it would change just a little bit more what I thought about it. And I kind of realized that my perception of Gary was um, formed by... Um, sort of cliche and it was it was not very uh complex and so as time went on it's like i had these um had to wrestle with a couple of concepts about like oh like i can definitely identify this is a logical flaw in my thinking so like if that's a logical flaw like where's that flaw coming from and um it went from like sort of like your run-of-the-mill negative view <clears throat> to um, confusion to uh, learning to like excitement you know it's like oh like nothing stays the same forever the one thing you can guarantee is that like nothing whenever someone says like oh this is going to be this way forever you know that like they are completely wrong <laughs> about whatever they're talking about it's like, <laughs> it's like like it's really really hard to pin down any circumstance like and so you know it's like and also like what you look for you will find so like you start to look around and you see like oh um th this hasn't been this way for that long you know and um yes there's some serious issues but um it, it hasn't been that long and it's and it's not sustainable so what's next and you start to see like oh well things are already rapidly changing you know and maybe not all super positive things but they're not just the same you know like there's a lot of movement going on i mean <clears throat> you have more people um i mean the, the amount of people that were born in gary that have done really well for themselves and now are reinvesting in Gary is unbelievable. Really? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's a, it's a, you know, it's an absolute movement of, all right, you know, we got out, let's help, let's go back, you know, and let's, and, and it's like, there's hundreds of people doing that. So, I mean, that wasn't happening 
even when I was a kid, you know, it's like the, the world wasn't there yet. It hadn't corrected enough. And so it's just like you, um, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, new ideas always seem like wishful thinking. Right. Until they happen. Well, because a lot of it's words, right? And so yeah. defining the people, separating between the words and the actions are two completely different things. Yeah. You know? And uh, it's good to see people put some action behind it. Yeah. Because, like, I want to unpack a couple things you said that's been very interesting. The first one is, is that the, the difference between stereotype and, and not understanding, like, a difference in the world. And that's, I think, what makes this area in particular so unique is that like East Chicago is 35 minutes away, but it, it might as well be in a different state. Or, being in Or a different point. country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's yeah. the same thing I'm sure they feel about us. Uh -huh. um, and so there's a lot of these stereotypes that build, and, and we're a relatively large area of mass, right? And when it comes to like ge geography, um, and I think now they're saying that there's like 800,000 people between Porter and Lake County, which is I, bigger than Cleveland and Cincinnati, yeah. which is crazy to think about. Right. Um, but to see this kind of like all of it have its own culture is kind of nice because yeah. it forces people to have to go and take the time to read the book, not just see the cover. Sure. You know? Yeah. And so it's fun to kind of talk to from your perspective of being the outsider from there, kind of uncovering some of those those levels and yeah. being able to kind of see that that process of from like, you know, um, f like. I guess distance to frustration to like change into excitement is really cool. Yeah. Um, and there's one thing about too about Gary that I'll, I don't understand, and you might be able to kind of shed some light on it, especially because if you're if you've uncovered some of that, I haven't, right? Um, I'm I'm observing, so I don't. Yeah. That's all I can really do. But um, it seems like it's just five zip codes, mm -hmm. which is a ton of zip codes, right? That that means how big Gary is in sheer size. And it seems to be they're trying to kind of like plug holes in the dam, but there's too many holes to plug. And so it's just water's constantly coming in, mm -hmm. right? It seems to make sense. And I don't know, I'm sure there's a great reason why it hasn't happened. But you see these little pockets like Miller kind of succeed, you know, and, and I, I think that is a good formula for the future of saying, you know what? Maybe Gary of what, to, what it looks like today doesn't isn't what it looks like tomorrow. Mm. So maybe we do split that up into five to six different boroughs in itself, right? And then allow those individual ones to flourish or kind of demise on their own, right? You know, and, and is there a reason that's never happened, or is that wishful thinking? Um, I mean, everything happens for a reason, um, and I. I don't think it's a terrible idea. Um, so the surrounding, the surrounding cities are, um, correct me if I'm wrong. It'd be Maryville, East Chicago, Lake Station, mm -hmm. and Portage. Yeah, like Ogden Dunes. Mm -hmm. um, so, but and then Miller kind of because it's a weird geographical sliver of, uh, you know, beachfront property in America is very expensive and Gary property is not. So Miller is like a very, very weird clash of variables. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's poverty and wealth clashing at a hundred miles per hour. So, um, 
But you spend any time there, and that's kind of the experience. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I've never heard it explained that way, and that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Because um, I can't think of a secondary place that's so, similar. So, I mean, if there wasn't the beach there, then, you know, I think I think that I think that, that plan would be um, good. I know that, like, man, if, if Maryville, honestly, like, if you really get into some nuts and bolts of stuff, it's like one of the biggest tragedies that happened to Gary was Maryville. Um, and... You know, if Maryville, you know, took 10 more blocks down Broadway, that wouldn't be such a bad thing. Um, you know, and if they if they made it a little smaller geographically, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's like, it's probably not the first thing that, like, somebody, you know, wants to do when they get into the office. You know, it's like, hey, let's take on a, a big responsibility, <laughs> like, you know. Um, <laughs> But um, you know the our our geographical lines um, are are important, but they're not um, they're not absolute. So so in in, in essence, Maryville's development has radically improved certain sections of Gary, which make them profitable for rentals and flipping and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. just have the, you know, the sort of G word attached to them, which makes, that's where the hard and fast line becomes important is because people's perception, it's like, you know, there's, you know, there's places where a property value would be five feet away and it would drop because of a perception of the town. You know, like if you're on Craigslist and you're like, all right, I'm going to find oh, yeah. a really cheap apartment and you're like, I'm going to start at the lowest, what comes up first? If you're like, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm on Zillow and I'm going to find the cheapest house I can and flip it. It's like, what comes up Gary, first? Gary, 500 bucks. Yeah. That's in my mind. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, you see these things and that's your perception and you're like, well, let's, you know, get rid of that. And it's like, um, that's what ultimately we're up against because... Um, sometimes people take a little while to adjust mentally to new things and um, underdeveloped communities generally um, won't be underdeveloped forever and um, there's an opportunity in every tragedy Um, so for people you know, people moving out of Chicago that don't have a lot of money, they have, you know, or for people in California that are investing in real estate. I mean, really, like, they don't even know why it would be that you wouldn't. It's like, hey, I'm a property developer. Um, you give me X amount of money, <clears throat> we'll flip this house, and you'll get X amount in return monthly for rent, and I will manage the property. I have a friend who whose whole business is flipping houses in Gary, and it's not like a fly-by-night thing. It's like a seriously high-functioning, like really responsibly run business. And people outside of North of Indiana are happy once they see the numbers to throw money at flipping houses in Gary because, <clears throat> again, this is like closer to the Maribel area. It's like they don't have that G-word perception of of it. Of, of the town you know they don't have like a preconceived notion about 
what Gary is or is not. So all they see is like, oh, like this is my ROI. That's huge compared to what I can invest in California. Sure. So he's got people all around the United States investing because it's actually better numbers than anywhere else <clears throat> because it's so artificially deflated in value by the perception, which is becoming an older and older and older axiom, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because that perception is real. Right. And so how do you attack it? How do you kind of do that? And I think that's part of that gig is rebeautifying it, whether it's through art or whether it's through like reconstruction. Yeah. I've got an uncle personally who uh, goes out there and he's, he's flipping houses nonstop. He's buying them all up and he's renting them out. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that's where, you know, we talked about being obsessive compartmentalizers in some ways, you know, yeah. is like, I think that's where like my mind starts to get like already overrun with just opportunity is because there's so much there mm -hmm. that I don't even know where to start. Yeah. You know, like I know that there's like, okay, there's a $500 house. I'll buy that one. And then you try to kind of like live on a block and then you kind of move it. And so it seems to make sense to compartmentalize it even more and make it more specific. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like rebuild it from there. Cause I do think that like, you know, I and I, like, I don't want to avoid. It's not a race situation to me. I think that's what the stereotype and perception is. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more of a class system, like a class issue. That's a, that's pretty insightful, um, right? Like, well, yeah, it's it 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 so happens that it so happens. It's it's a very unfortunate and unstable situation that class and race are one in our in our country. But sure, but but. But um, yeah, you don't want to confuse the two because um, a lot of what I thought uh, was racially fueled was um, economically fueled. Yep. You know? And that's the stereotype that people want to perceive. Right. And so it's strange. Right. Um, and so you really don't want to confuse a ton of things. You don't want to confuse the consequences of 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 history of oppression with current circumstances and systemic racism and you don't want to confuse I don't want to get too far into the woods here but like, <laughs> like it's a, it's an easy topic when you start to, to peel these things back you realize that like things are not so black and white you know and and the good good and evil come in every sh every shade and color and and even with economics you know there's there's really good people at the top, and there's um, really good people at the bottom, and um, yeah, I think that at the end of the day, you know, every society sort of has an underdeveloped, mm, you know, we didn't invent, we didn't invent, I'll just say an underdeveloped community next to a developed community. Um, this is an ancient problem. This is an ancient, uh, but, uh, and that's a good point because people want to put it in today's terms and we modernize it. I think it's called, um, what's the name of that? It's called anachronistic thinking. Mm. It's, 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 it's projecting your current values on the past. Mm. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. That's interesting. I heard, I just read a uh, thing. Um, Roger Williams, who is like the guy who founded Rhode Island is like the person who also led the philosophy of like the different the separation between church and state when got in politics oh really and like the the part of the anachronistic <laughs> thinking to it is that um instead of 
people want to think now that the church, that people were afraid that the church was going to be like over, like kind of uh, uglifying, you know, uh, the politics of it. And so mm-hmm. it needed to be separated, but it was actually intended to be the opposite that politics was going to, uh, oh, affect the sabotage church. the church. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of like a new way of thinking that yeah. like, wait, wait a minute, maybe it wasn't like that. Oh yeah. You I mean, know? you see that all over the place really. It's yep. like, you know, you really, <laughs> you want to walk a mile in, you know, ancient man's shoes before you <laughs> cast the first stone. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, like almost, almost nothing I thought about Gary was true, you know, down to, you know, yeah, almost nothing. It's like, oh, this place, this place doesn't have any money. That's actually not true. You know, there's actually millions and millions, (laughs) tens of millions of dollars being, um, kind of sloshed around in, 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 in precarious ways. And, and it's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's not, yeah, there's, there's, it's a very complex scenario, mm-hmm. and and it and it has to do with border politics between Illinois and Indiana. Oh yeah, it has to do with, um, you know, our two party system and some pretty staunch um, psychological lines between a couple ways of thinking in in the United States and and kind of our inability to progress in certain ways because of far right and far left politics you know oh, yeah. and stuff like that so well when you're talking extremes they definitely the two represent two completely different things philosophically right the I two mean, like the two sides the left and right i mean mm-hmm. if it, if from on, on, on polar extremes right so it's like if with one side's more capitalist driven and black and white and the other yeah. one's more humanitarian and more liberal yeah um that's already a, that's already a complete uh, fracture into the, the psyche. I don't know if you can be both at the same time in extremes. Right? Well, one one appeals one appeals to a certain psychological temperament, and the other appeals to a, to another psychological temperament, and um, and it and it's sort of a a, a trick of the mind to. Mm, to, to associate all one thing, you know, we're all at all times confronting the infinite, you know, not to get too far out here, but like, we could talk about anything. We could talk about how big the universe is and blah, blah, blah. But like, at the end of the day, like, this is extremely complex. And for, for most people to be able to manage life and get by, we have to put things in boxes and we have to simplify, which most of the time is good because it means that we don't lose our minds but sometimes it means that we do lose our minds sometimes it means that we oversimplify entire groups of people based on arbitrary terms mm-hmm. like all republicans are racist or all you know um de- you know democrats are socialists or you know or that you know all all people of a certain you know race or or you know it's like we just like there's arbitrary definers and what's crazy about that is people it's actually almost hard the hardest thing in the world is to actually find someone who fits really well in that box you know what i mean it's like man like 
you know. It never, it never truly. Yeah, happens. I can't. I really don't know it anybody. Never truly I happens. don't really know anybody who's like the the perfect. You know. You know, I know some people that are ultra Republican, and they're really good people, and they are like at the tippy top of that. Oh yeah. And I know some people on the other end, the same exact thing, and it's like, it's almost like by um, by 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 keeping worlds apart we tend to demonize the idea of other people to the point where it becomes action and and i think that that's what you know we kind of run into with the indiana illinois you know another dichotomy yeah Yeah. yeah you know it's like i yeah i was like sitting at the bar the other day and um in Chicago and someone was like, those Indiana people, man, it's like, they are the worst and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like tearing us to shreds. And I was like, hey, just FYI, I love Indiana. Like, <laughs> I'm from there, I will I will die there. And, and, uh, and then we talked for hours and had a great time. And, you know, they bought us drinks to apologize. And, you know, we destroyed their stereotype in the, first breath of them uttering it but I don't think that was because we're especially great I just think that people aren't exactly the way that we put them in little boxes and and places aren't that way either right speaking of stereotypes too that that just drives me insane is that fucking rat symbolism Mm. it drives me insane I hate it dude (laughs) it's just Muha loves it I I just I think that like we're like in the office alone we're we're divided you know (laughs) and and I just it drives me insane because it's like it's the the stereotype is generally one I've never received it except except for inside our own community I've never been I've never received it as a positive right Right. And so, yeah. like, why would we put ourselves in some negative stereotype right. of perspective when we're and then to embrace it internally is only right. keeping it alive. Yeah. And I, you're talking about the region. Rat. The region. Rat. Yeah. It drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, I always perceive this, you know, at least, you know, maybe maybe it's more of a portage thing. I don't know. It was hard to find somebody excited about living in Indiana when I was growing up. Like, you know, uh, what was the comedian? Was it Brian Regan? He's like, you know, we're from here. We're doing this. We're from Indiana. We're going to move. It's like, it's like there is like a stereotype of like, um, why would you want to live here? And uh, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. It's like it. You know, like, uh, I'm really like Parks and Rec. So, like, oh, yeah. I love, like, Leslie Nope. You know, she's like, this is the greatest place in the world. <laughs> and it's like, um, when I go out of town, like, I, I miss this place, man. I, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Florida, you can you can go ahead and keep <laughs> Florida. Like, it's, it's warm, but, like, you know, there are crazier places to live than oh, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, like, you know, we also don't have... Uh, any man-eating predators or we don't have any sharks and we have an no. like, amazing lakeshore i just don't understand it I, I think it's like it's so crazy how how stereotypes can change people's perception into those stereotypes it's like i can't think of a place in the world that i would rather live than here and it, it's like it's like um you know and it and it took me a long time to figure that out 
you know, that it's like, oh, the grass is not greener. Like, everywhere's got problems. But this place is, it's, it's the most interesting place to me. It's so interesting. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in your boat. I think that's what fascinates me so much is just the separation, the, the, um, the authenticity of this area is something that's very unique. I, I don't think you find, I know that's probably consistent with the Midwest in mm. general, I think. But just, I feel like you, people, people want authenticity here. Yeah. You know, and they don't want the stuff that makes it look superficial. Yeah. You know, and it's a very unique aspect. And, that, and that, that go, I think that covers all classes, too. Yeah. Which is really fascinating. That's um, what bring us, brings us together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not trying to be something we're not. It's what yeah. it feels like. And yeah. so that's why in a little way, I kind of I enjoy that people I would embrace that. the rat. Yeah. But at the same token, is it's like, I don't know if that's the, that's the, the costume I want to wear. Essentially, I don't, you know, um, you know, and even since you said that, you know, it's like, I never really thought about it, but yeah, man, it's not, it's not something that I necessarily identify with at all, you know, right. A region rat, you know, it's like, it still has a negative spin to it. And it's like, again, I don't think there's anything negative about living here. Right. <laughs> the rat itself is the negative inclination. Yeah. It's a negative. I mean, who's loving rats? Yeah. I mean, no one's archetypally like, that's not. Yeah. yeah. It's not <laughs> like, you know, I don't even yeah. know. I'm sure there was some civilization that just like loved the rat. Worship one, rats. Yeah. Probably not. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's out of all of them, like name me one high school mascot that's a rat. You can't. That's tough. You can't. Yeah. So it's like, why would we ever want to affiliate with that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like AIDS. Do we want to be known as the AIDS people? Mm. Like, I don't think so. That's not fun. Yeah, you're right. I don't, you know, I think it's just arbitrary enough to get by while, if you really think about it, yeah, there's no positive, like, <laughs> connotation with a rat. <laughs> Big move. What is your, what, what are you thinking over there? I know. I wish I was hooked up to a mic, but I'm all about the region rat. I'll support <laughs> it till the day I die, and I, I live and die by the region rat. So, real quick, though, can you explain why? I like the region rat because mostly visiting my friends in college when they're in college, like you have all these people throughout Indiana at a school like Purdue or IU, and they find out where you are, where you're from. They're like, "Oh, you're you're from the region. You're a region rat." And I I just like the fact that like there's an area in Indiana that people just automatically associate something with, and like it just like people it just like. It stirs emotion out of people, and I just enjoy it because it's like, yeah, you're damn right. That's where I'm from, and that's what I'm about. So I'm all about it. Yeah. He also loves dive bars, though, too, so you've <laughs> got to take that into consideration. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if, you know, if, if wearing the criticism as a badge of honor is, 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 is what you take from it, then, yeah, I, I could probably get behind that, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's the, but that's the only terms by which I The only that. term. <laughs> It's, it's, like, hilarious. it's like fine if I'm a if I'm a region rat and I can't get around it. Well, then I'm a proud region rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to just kind of end that whole thing and then try to really figure out the ways to kind of do it. And I know there's a lot of thought away around that, but um, it's really strange. And I'm sure you experience it being like doing stuff with Gary and doing stuff with your friends and kind of the other business owners is that while we're, we are one and we are considered as one person with the region stuff, 
Um, there's a lot of fracture inside that, and there's a lot of distance between the twos, you know? And so, like... Between the two... Just, just like, I would say more than two. Probably every every borough here has its own philosophy, essentially, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, like, I was, I sat in a, uh, for Legacy, and we were sitting there in, like, a meeting called on the, Around the Table or something like that. And it was, the, the goal was to come up with, like, people who are, have like-minded concepts. Oh, it was Griffith. And like-minded thoughts of like, what can we do to discuss to make the community better? And um, the legacy was going to give them, the legacy foundation was going to give them like five to 10 grand, Mm -hmm. whatever those round the tables came up with, it's got to be called on the table, whatever on the table came up with, and they would start to fund that. Right. So, but it was really interesting to hear their perspective in a meeting because it was only about Griffith, Mm -hmm. the entire conversation. And so it was really, it was really kind of like eye opening to me and not in a bad or good way, but just more of just like a how tunnel vision it could be when you don't really kind of get outside of your means all that often. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And so it's like mm-hmm. even though Griffith is really cool and there's a place there where it's like I give kudos to them because their downtown area has really exploded in a great way. Yeah. Right? Um, it's just fascinating to see how that tunnel vision can kind of speak so limiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know if the mics were rolling when we were talking about perspective earlier, but like, yeah, it's like you, you can only control your own perspective, you know, you can influence others' perspective, but, um, what I'm finding out as I go on is that the more I assume that my own perspective is limited, if not wrong, uh, the more that I open up myself to learn and to experience and to be better. But if you build a, you know, a prison of absolutes in your mind, you know, which is, again, sort of our mind's way of coping with the infinite amount of information that we're thrusted with as conscious beings, you know, it's like, we don't really, there's a lot of history there and a lot of physics and a lot of different ways to look at the world and you kind of have to sum things up to get through it but then if you assume that the way that you've summed things up is correct inherently and that like some other thing is like inherently incorrect then you've pretty much you know you're, you're playing a dangerous game and you're not really learning that much so it's like you have to assume that like I have to assume that the way that I think of things is very 2019 Indiana guy, you know, and like <laughs> that, like, and that that even goes to specifically, um, like, not even like 20 minutes, I would have a completely different perspective, completely different if I was born 20 minutes away from where I was born. Um, Ooh, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you would not, you would not have any of the same preconceived notions. But what you also have to understand is that by being born where you were born, or having the life that you've had, or whatever, you also have a unique perspective. So, like for me, it's like Portage is not the uh, the golden child of the region by any means. But for me, like I could not think of anywhere else that I would have rather been raised because such a unique perspective. Like, it's like, okay, like, you know, 
the cool thing to do would be like, hey, if you can move over to Valpo and scratch some money together or one of these other like nicer towns, like that would be a little bit better. And like you really don't want to end up like in one of these places because that would be worse, you know, and it's like um, that's kind of the M.O., but but it's not it's not so simple as that it's more like oh like there's a a lot to be learned about our history as a nation our our nation's role in the world and our region's role in the nation and if you if you discount the importance of that you you rob yourself of the influence that you have as a community which is huge because we have a huge influence over chicago we have a huge symbiotic relationship with Chicago. That's pretty much unbelievable. And Chicago has an insane influence in the world and, and in the United States. And the United States has an insane influence in the world. So it's like... Crazy. Yeah, you can't just like brush off Northwest Indiana as being like, you know, a sort of overflow, you know, of, of nothing. It's, it's very far from nothing. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because especially like, like Indy, while it's its own operating kind of city and it's got a ton of people in it, mm-hmm. arguably from the media market itself could be less influential in a sense, yeah. which is really crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. And so is it manifest destiny for us to kind of be at this point? Is it, is it like that, that understanding of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? where everything is just kind of spelled out for you. It's the son of a bitch. <laughs> what is it? It's um I mean it's it's before noon, so I can't think right now. Yeah. Get, it, get this guy some more coffee. Predestination? Mm. Right? How much of it is to where this is a circumstance out of that influence and this is why our mentality is that because we're not bowling brook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And like our identity our, our identity is coming from being across the border, we're already kind of black sheep in a sense, uh-huh. right? And so yeah. a lot of that conversation that we're having with the people from that city are in general their stereotypes against our stereotypes. Yeah. Right? And how much of our identity is forged from that? Yeah. Yeah, and and, 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 and we, we are in a place where um, one decision we don't get to make is, is to make no decision. We are seeing an insane uh, urban sprawl, um, a, mac- a mass exodus from a major city into a um, loosely linked group of smaller towns. And it's rapidly, you know, we have no problem starting businesses and taking that money. But we do have problems with the implications and that it's going to change the way that our community looks. Um, It's going to change the diversity of our communities. It's going to change... It's going to change the mentality of of average people. It's going to change the way we drive. (laughs) And, And it's going to make things more congested. And we... We get to decide whether... Whether we as 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 a community at large turn this into a really positive thing or a really negative thing and not a fake positive thing yeah 
right? Like a real positive thing. Yeah. Like find out the things that are really kind of bringing us together, the things that are already happening, and glamorizing it, mm-hmm. right? And setting the example. Yeah. Are you talk? Are you on those same lines with that? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like figuring out ways that we can, because I think that is. You're talking about the past and present and and stereotypes and and, and I think that's another thing where I'm, I'm taking from this conversation is that all of that can be if you're an absolutist in any way of that I think it can be a little bit of it but at the same token sometimes those absolutists can kind of at least push the per, the the, the, the uh, odometer a little bit more like one way or the other mm-hmm. even though you're not going to completely change it it's nice to have those different perspectives. Uh, but I think that's one thing that I think that rat thing to me symbolizes is that old school blue collar only where you, you know it's like yeah it, 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 but there's more to this place than that yeah it's not and I mean that's just an amazing right I don't know and I think that you know at the end of the day you know people live an hour and a half outside of a major city for a reason and they do that. Um, to avoid certain things that they personally don't like about a city. And people live right smack dab in the middle of a city for a reason. They do it to avoid certain things they don't like about the region, the, the, you know, the, 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 other men, the other mentality. And, and when that starts to move really fast, you're going to have, like, a sort of shock of, of like, oh, our culture is also changing, like, we can no longer be exclusive as a culture. We can no longer have our identity wrapped up in how far we are from Chicago because Chicago is at our front door now. So, like, unfortunately, if you want to be away from things like traffic or people that don't think or look like you, you have to move further because that's because this exclusivity, it just isn't going to work anymore without being just... like an eyesore you know yeah so it's like you know it's like it's not going anywhere you're not changing the movement of people you know (laughs) unless you want to go fix chicago which you know you probably didn't move here so that you could do that so um you know it's like uh you know at the end of the day it's like that anything that happens fast geographically is rough it has it has Everything has positives and negatives. You know, we're enjoying the rapid development of our of our towns. At the same time, we're not enjoying, um, you know, our our culture changing. And at the end of the day, it's like we have we we have to decide how we take this opportunity and run with it. You know what I mean? It's like this could be a really really positive thing. But it won't. But we can't keep things the same. It's not an option. Right. And it never really is. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I. And, and how old are you? Twenty five. I'm twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. Awesome. And like that's. I feel like that's the sweet spot. Mm. I think that. I think I'm finding Downhill a lot from here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I find. I'm finding a lot. I'm thirty six, and I'm finding a lot of people in that twenty eight to thirty two range that are just awesome people, and the mentality seems to be. Really, really ambitious, really aggressive business owners. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's a really cool time, and 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 I think that's what's really going to make the difference is that this whole group of people that's kind of colonizing all across the board that that like around this age group is really going to be the ones that are setting the trends down the road, which I think is incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. You know, it, it is. Yeah. And I'm sure that people and and like in Crown Point in particular, there's a little bit of an old guard. 
um, oh, of like, and we will be that old guard one day. One day, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And it's and it's. And I think the only difference, and I and I, I don't want to speak for the future because obviously I don't know what to expect. But the the um, separation between this age group and like an eighty five to ninety year old person that is just so extreme yeah. with technology, and you know, and that's been that becomes they lived an entire life without it. Yeah. We're, we're, we've, we don't know what it's like to live with it, yeah. you know, without it. So it's what like if, a weird... What if it's uh, the same exponent, but, like, you know, multiplied, you know? It's like, my, my grandpa, when he passed away, he was like, I don't really know what to do with this. Like, like, like I had a good life in a different time, and it was great, but, like, good luck. I know you guys will figure it out, but, like, I can't really help you. Like and he did help in a lot of ways that time and technology don't. It's you crazy. Know, like the fundamental ways, but like, uh, yeah, it's like to think of that. Like, what if, what if we're equally as confused by the world around us when we're eighty? It's like we're like. Well, we I'm sure. Will be. I'm yeah. sure. Like when I first started kind of getting into uh, tech, I was in uh, until mid nineties. Mm. Is when it first started coming around. I was in junior high for like the the, the flight of internet, mm. right? And the Netscape navigators and That's so insane. every like PowerPoint was like this breaking technology, and uh, every website was like a pretty much uh, a, like a tile of like if you looked up Michael Jordan on Google, <laughs> I mean I think it was what was it, it was web crawler at the time I <laughs> yeah. think it's like you look up Michael Jordan on web crawler it's just like a tile of Michael Jordan pictures with all of his stats on it mm. and now it's become so common that it's like it's like ads and it's cleaner and it's a more modern look so even seeing the difference of then and like like even in cell phones tech right yeah it's like the brick phone to now is completely different yeah. and so it, I'm sure that is natural right eventually yeah. our cell phones will be in our ears full yeah. time you yeah. know or something yeah um, I I'm, I'm a little opposed to having something like surgically put into me <laughs> but hey at some when the masses speak it's hard to get away from yeah. it and that'll be something that you know, maybe you know, if that were if that were a thing, that it would be something that I would not understand. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, is there anything you want to kind of add? I mean, is there places that people can find you or anything like that? Um, I mean, right now I'm just uh, mostly focused on business, you know, and and uh, and and we, you know, I'm my. My goal, like a lot of people's goal, is to be a serial entrepreneur. So, um, as a sort of put put ties down in different places in Northwest Indiana, like would love to. Um, but yeah, I di- I digress. So um, yeah, if uh, if people want to get hold of me, um, yeah, Austin at SnappyPress.com. I'd be happy to talk to anybody about any of this stuff. Awesome, awesome. Well, I know just from the, the the limited amount of time that I've known you, it's been like awesome. I'm a I'm a deep thinker, and so it's mm. fun to get into these deep thinking conversations, and it's an exercise yeah. uh, that I love getting into. I can't get into them all the time because, yeah. like you said, it can get crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we use the c word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta start getting that out of my vocabulary. Yeah, um, but it, it's one of those things that's just. Uh, it can become too big, too mm. inf- too infinite. That infinite, yeah. The infinity of it all, and yeah. it's uh, it, it's, 
Mm. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, next time we'll just do a real lighthearted conversation. Oh no, I I, I want to kind of have you on to be the deep thinker at all times. I'm okay, your resident deep thinker. Cool. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That sounds appropriate. Because I know there's a whole level of like your spirituality and religion that we haven't even talked to talked mm. about, and yeah. that's something that fascinates the hell out of me. Yeah, it's just certainly a a perplexing part of our history as a as a species. That's so. my, one of my favorite. Uh, just because it's weird to talk about it in, in waves, yeah. like like these periods. But like there was one of my favorite periods was when I was in college, and I just really started falling in love with just like researching every question I ever had biblically. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a rewarding time. Yeah. And I'm like so disappointed in myself for not revisiting it or making it more habitual. I mean, mm-hmm. we go to church every Sunday and stuff, but it's different than like hearing a, the word all the time than it mm-hmm. is to like finding answers. Yeah, it felt like it was like it was like this investigative journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so that was some of the most, like, fun times ever. So I can go on those conversations all day, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, what I don't like about... What the what I don't like about a casual critic of religion is um, you should not dismiss the phenomenon. You know, it's like something... Uh, something pretty core to our... Uh, experience in our consciousness is is wrapped up in in these stories, whether you believe them literally or figuratively, um, or whether your figurative belief of them starts to blur the lines between literal and figurative. You know, um, like the Old Testament. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. like I don't know. One day you can have me convinced that it was all real, and the next day I'm thinking it was all f- yeah. just total figurative. And then it yeah, it's kind of like for me, it just changes what I think of as true or real or you know, it's like things can be things can be real in as much as they are true, and things can be true in as much as they are um, a summarization of a constant across all time. So, like a you know, if we're trying to describe a code by which we can live at peace with each other, um, that that can be very true in a story that we can't prove whether it's true or not, you know, or what of if it is true. And what's weird about the Old Testament is you, you can't, you also can't dismiss all of it because there's certainly parts of it that are 100% true. So it's like, which parts do you say are figurative poetry and which parts do you say are history as it happened? And, you know, I don't, I don't get too funny about delving into that because it's, uh, it's, again, not what you think it is when you, it's not even close to what you think it is when you perceive whether or not I'm going to go with this extreme perception or this extreme perception of it. It's like, oh, it's either dismissed as some archaic control mechanism made by, you know, the patriarchy to keep us down or, you know, over here it's like, um, you know, completely literal, you know, we're 6,000 years old and it's like, boy, if I don't need to believe either of those things to get by, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... But the one thing I would love to research, and I have never had to do, and speaking as like that that cross between the when the the Bible was being like organized mm. from stories to like the old to the new, and then the Catholic Church had a major part of that. Mm-hmm. And so, just out of curiosity, I would love to hear that story and background and research how that came about. It's like, yeah. what's what? Why would they? Why would they put books in? Why would they take books out? Why? Yeah. Why were? What? What's? How does it attribute to the ultimate goal they had in mind? Yeah. 
you know? Because, like, right now it's like, oh, they took them out because they're hiding stuff. But that's not yeah. exactly the case, you know? Yeah. And, and I know it's like it could have been something that was like um, – like they're just like well there's not consistencies in this story especially when it comes to the ones that we know are true yeah you know and so it's like how does that kind of yeah. fit in and what was the decision making behind it yeah would be really fascinating well, another thing that's interesting about that is I think a lot of people have the perception of like well what I hear all the time is like oh this has been changed and translated so many times like how do you know it's like the, the real original bible and it's like actually it's the most authenticated book like it's more accurate than Homer's Odyssey is accurate because of how many copies there were. Like, if you really look into, like, the phenomenon of this book, it's, like, it's outlasted cities and empires. And it's, like, something about, like, a, a book for being something so fragile in, in its physical form is, like, insanely consistent across time because you can compare it to very, very old versions of it and and it's like all you could do if you were the catholic church is try to take hmm, let me rephrase all you could do if you were trying to change the bible would be to remove books and to add books you couldn't however really make like drastic changes to the narrative and even the changes that have been made to the narrative uh, that are inconsistent with other copies don't seem to be that drastic and certainly the the if you zoom out a little bit at the stories at large and get the larger meaning behind them all as a whole uh, I don't think anything's been lost so you know yeah maybe there's a book or two that has a little you know weirder things that you could delve into but you know I, I, I don't think that there's any major like major issue with you know the story at large being corrupt yeah i couldn't i mean you could make the claim but then you better i feel like you better back it up mm. right with some yeah. research yeah i'd be uh, interested to look more into it too but yeah and i mean it's just one of those topics it's just like i mean i know you there's like these um there's like this the scrolls and then there's like all these things that have kind of like kind of came about and i mean just think of like in that time period how important it was just to even like i don't know um it wasn't like there was a press. Snappy press did not exist. Yeah. Either, yeah. You know? So it's like someone's literally writing down these these every yeah. word and, and copying it on a consistent basis. And just yeah. to even just sheer just to, to have the will to do that, I'm guessing you can pay anybody to do anything essentially if you mm. pay them enough. But it just the will and sheer willpower to kind of keep that going. Yeah. Fundamentally is insane. And, and uh, it's perplexing. Why? Why? Yeah. You know? I mean, and that's what, like I said, again, like a casual critic of religion, it's like, because we don't. Why really... would you brush off this entire phenomenon? It's like this has changed right. our entire history. And why? Why is it still so important? Why is it the? Why is it the most published book of all time? Why has it survived this long? And and if it was propaganda, it, propaganda doesn't stand the test of time. It, it it it's 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 good for the time and place that it's in, and then it's quickly brushed off. And that, easily criticized. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, you know it doesn't it's not painstakingly um, you know surviving you know the rise and fall of, of of nations in the way that that this that this set of stories has. So um, 
Yeah, you, def- you definitely wouldn't even want to brush it off as a critic of religion. I mean, um, which is sort of just a, a really, really, it's, it's kind of an easy thing to do. It's like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a big guy up, up in the sky that's going to be mad at you if you do bad things, and he's going to, it's like, I believe okay, in cool. God, I don't believe in organized <laughs> religion. I hear a lot of that. That yeah. seems to be one of them. Yeah. And I don't see, I don't, I don't, they're not synonymous with yeah. one another in my mind either. Yeah. But I, you know, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, but just like I, how we delved into like, you know, <laughs> like, oh yeah, we got like five minutes left. <laughs> it's just like, that's the mysteries of eternity. Yeah. <laughs> Big Moo, you want you want to be on the record on anything right now? Uh, I don't know how well they're going to be able to hear me from just sitting over here. But, um, yeah, I'm giving some input in the meantime. I'm, I personally grew up in a Catholic household from kindergarten to eighth grade. But at this point in my life, I wouldn't consider myself religious at all or a person that necessarily even believes in God. I would say I'm more on the spectrum of being a spiritual person, more about the energy that you put out into the universe is the type of energy that you receive back. So I'm, I would say I'm more spiritual rather than religious. And I just, I feel like religion is a good avenue to have people do good things and have good morals and stuff. But for me, religion, uh, the organization of religion and everything that comes with it, I don't really necessarily agree with those principles on how organized religion comes together to some degree, if that makes sense. Yeah, and there was another guy that said the same thing, and they killed him, and his name is Jesus. (laughs) 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 So it's like, you know, it's like, keep going down that rabbit hole. It's like, yeah, it's like Jesus was like the most anti-religion person ever, and he's super spiritual. And, you know... Like, there was some seriously corrupt people running, like, the temple at the time. And, you know, like, yeah, I can get behind everything you said. But it's, like, and and double down on it and say, like, that's kind of why I like the guy. Like, you know, he was put to, get, he was put to death by a conglomeration of religion and uh, empire, you know? and And by being martyred in that way it flipped like history on its head and like you know the empire is gone but the story is still there so I don't know it's cool yeah but I think yeah the I don't get too caught up in like actually my friend yesterday was asking me if he should join like the advisory board of the Salvation Army and uh, it's just a very political organization now it's not like a it's not like a you know, like you don't even have to be a Christian to be in leadership in that church or whatever. So it's like, I'm like, ugh, I shy away from, shy away from organized religion myself. But there's some value there too. I don't know. Sure. I go to church. So that's like, but you know, there's some things that. The thing that I get the most out of uh, organized religion is community. Hmm. Uh, I've met a lot of really great people from just going. Yeah. 
you know um i think philosophically we all have our differences obviously i mean i think we got the non-believer region rat guy behind the audio <laughs> thing <laughs> stereotyping you muha yeah um but no i mean i think that's part of the the joy of it right is being able to kind of be open and be able to have these these conversations um and it, it's fascinating to hear that perspective because i think we, and I think there's been people who've kind of went that route that like to the extreme. The Rosicrucians mm-hmm. are one that in particular, right? Are you familiar with that story? Mm-mm. This dude, Rosicrans, was, uh, I think it's like Eastern Europe. Um, I, I'm going to be, someone's going to listen to this podcast and call me out completely on all the facts. <laughs> uh, I'm not, this wasn't prepared, so ease up on me a little bit, listeners. But uh, apparently this guy believed in Jesus's model so much that was more about mixing what we think of what is Western religion with Eastern philosophy and living like Jesus more than anything else, mm-hmm. and in turn grew a huge following, at least at the time period. And I think at the end of the day, they buried him, he died, and then they, like for some reason, uncovered his grave like 100 and 150 years later, and it was as if like his corpse was completely the same. Hmm. Like, didn't it didn't... It sounds like a movie, but it's essentially what the whole thing is. And so it created this whole Rosicrucian component to religion that's lived on. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've never even heard of that. But, um, yeah, I mean... Muha's a Rosicrucian is what we're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the more you look into these mysteries, it's like uh, uh, the modern exp- uh, expression of organized Christianity doesn't seem to be congruent with the mystery religion of Judaism or the, um, I mean, the, the wise men found Jesus because they were following messages in constellations. So to like contrast that with your sort of dogmatic Western Christianity, which would sort of dismiss anything associated with any other religion, which I think is a mistake. Um, it's like, okay, so astrology. If you're, if, you're, if you're raised in the church, it's like, oh, that's, that's bad. That's like evil. And it couldn't possibly be inherently evil. And, and I think what happens is I think, that, I think that, you know, if there's a devil or an archetypal devil, there's at least an archetypal devil. Um, and it's the belief that the world is, it, the world would be better if it had never existed and so it's worth destroying. That's the devil archetypally and it exists. It's a mentality people get into. But if there's, if there's you know, a real devil or at least a, a, a mentality people get into, it's something like, um, like, well, I've completely lost my train of thought. Archetypal, archetypical devil. So, before that, what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, just the uh, shit. It's okay. Oh, the, the the sort of juxtaposition between oh astrology, right? So if if so if Yahweh, or 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 our human expression of the greatest ideal, you know, a, 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 a sovereign that's higher, that, that, a sovereign that's higher than our individual sovereign, 
that all of our sovereignty is subjective to. So, for instance, like above a king, like a king of kings, you know, like a, a, a king that all kings would be sub subservient to and would be higher and like the idea of sovereign, the idea of sovereign would be higher than any particular sovereign. And, and we can see that in like the degradation of states that make one sovereign, you know, if Trump becomes, you know, <laughs> the end all be all, like we won't have a long life left as a nation. You know, if like if we give him, you know, or, or anyone, any any like unlimited amount of power, then it will lessen the lifespan of our of our nation. And that's so it's so like to so that built into the fabric of our of our law and our and our reality is is that there's a code above the code and there's a sovereignty that we're all subjective to that gives us our individual sovereignty that then creates peace in Western society. So to circle back to astrology from that, like if 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 the if if the nature of that being or entity or truth is wrapped up in the truth that people find by examining stars, then then the other end of the spectrum, the, the archetypal devil, would then, by nature, being destructive, would want to tie up that truth in a bunch of lies. Because that's what... That's what liars do. They they, they they package they package the best truth and lies to hide them and then they, 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 they sell the best lies with truth to to get them passed through. So if, if Intense. so if so if there's a value in Eastern astrology, which if if there wasn't, then the wise men would not have found Jesus and the whole Herod story wouldn't have went down the way it did. Then, if there's no value in, in in messages in the stars, then like you're throwing out not only entire parts of what we know to be true about the mysteries of our existence, but you're also throwing out parts of Christianity, which is typically what we do, because we have a very Western materialistic black and white view of our own tradition that's kind of been morphed into. Um, Absolutes, you know, like it, 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 there, there, there is not a set of rules associated with Christianity. There is a set of principles associated with Christianity. You know, sometimes it's right to do this under only certain circumstances, and and it's almost always wrong to do this, except for in certain circumstances. And you have to navigate that yourself by becoming better and devoting yourself towards good, towards going towards that ideal, that, that Yahweh direction versus a maniacal, you know, this place would be better if it had never existed. So I'll just destroy as much as I can or take, you know, pillage and steal on my way out. <laughs> Crazy. And so it does, it, like what you were talking about earlier, even like with what Kyle's like perspective is, is that it, it could essentially just come down to projecting more positive than negative in the world and that could be enough then um well it depends on so, so when, when he was saying it's like well it depends on what, what you mean by religion it depends on what you mean by spiritual and it depends on what you mean by positive 
And, um, you know, when, when, <laughs> when my daughter, I don't have a daughter, but if I had a daughter and she was dying in the hospital, I wouldn't want you to come in and be super positive. So like, you know, and there are people like that. There are people like that in church. Actually, there's people like that all over church that are like, that's all good, man. Like, and I think they're super positive when it's not about them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, and then, but but that they're afraid to not be happy all the time because they feel like that, um, man of sorrows, man, Jesus, Jesus wept. Like he was man of sorrows. This dude had a heavy, heavy heart because he, he was, he was braving the weight of the world on his shoulders and, and, and doing it well. And, and so, you know, he wasn't just like, oh yeah, you know, this, these, this religious institution and this government is oppressing people, but like, it's all good, man. It'll work out. No, he freaking went and flipped tables. So that's not what we think of as positivity. But in terms of light and darkness, I think it's, I think it's absolutely wrapped up in the absolute nature of positivity. Damn, the balls to do that, though. Like, <laughs> even right the now. stones on it. <laughs> even, yeah. like, right now, dude. Yeah. It's like, let's just say something just unjust was happening, right? And I'm yeah. just like, you know hypothetically. what? Hypothetically. Because <laughs> yeah. it's impossible for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I just get super fucking pissed, go in there, start flipping tables to the point of, like, willingness to go to prison, mm-hmm. right? Because that's essentially what we're talking about here is pushing the boundaries crazy mm-hmm. beyond what's normal. Yeah. I mean, uh, this guy knew he was going to die, and he kind of did everything he was going to do anyway so that's pretty pretty beyond normal yeah i mean just the balls on that <laughs> there's nothing i could do with it i mean there's i mean just to even put it in his shoes there's no way i would have to my my intent and my commitment would have to be at almost i'd have to be an absolutist in that sense mm. to even be able to be pushed that far emotionally to even make that happen mm. you know what i'm saying yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm, in a way, like, I'm, like, your hypothetical kind of, like, not positive guy, but, like, I rarely get into something in the outside world. Like, I would – it would be rare for me to have this conversation outside of this office just because it's, like, I've been in enough of them to where it gets, like – it goes downhill real fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? You so I generally – dinner, dinner No, I yeah. generally just avoid it, you know, yeah. in the public, you know? And so just, like, to even kind of take a more – Comprehensive and more of like a like in, have more intent behind the actions and conversations is very intense. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's like people are so heated, and um, it's like why, why are they so angry? Especially if the prevailing view is that you know. There's not an inherent meaning behind this chaos. It's like, and let let religions rise and fall, and let 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 you know ideologies run amok. <laughs> you know, it's like we're all trying to impose our morals on other people, whether we believe in morals or not. You yeah, know, and sure. it's like, so we don't. There's just we don't just get to dismiss it, and I think. The reason that it's taboo is because it brings out it brings out the snakes in us. 
it brings out that devil that says maybe this would be better if it didn't exist you know and it 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 it, it brings out the destructive nature of the uh of the of the frustrated man you know and it and we start to it brings out the anger in people you know what i mean like no matter which way you cut it or what side you're on it's like it's it's and that's because it's so close to the nerve of what makes people angry to begin with. Yeah. Well, like even in your in your just as a in detail for you, just like an example, when Muha started talking about his he like his body language changed. Like he had to he had like he had to commit. Yeah. You know, and that's here we go. <laughs> and so it's an interesting it's interesting to see that because mm-hmm. it is such an important topic in general. Yeah. And everyone values it to a certain point. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is like kind of like getting in a cold shower. It's like, all right, yeah, let me set like, up for this I'm, one. I might get punched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle knows that he gets himself into a lot of conversations that are like that in this office. They're like whether it's LeBron James or Jesus. So yeah. Or Steve Miller, man. Yeah, he he has the he he he. So speaking of <laughs> the balls on this guy, he meant to uh, he he was saying that Steve Miller band's a better band than the Beatles. No, mm. let's let's clarify. I like. <laughs> Steve Miller band more than the Beatles. That doesn't essentially mean that Steve Miller band is better. Is than the objectively Beatles. better than the Beatles. But for my personal taste in music, I like Steve Miller band over the Beatles. I respect your right, <laughs> <laughs> but it's wrong. But, but it's wrong. Um, okay, so uh, as we we talked about it, do you want to mention where they can find you again? Yeah, you yeah. can probably go on for ten hours at this rate. Yeah, which is great. Totally. I'd be into it. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, like if you if anyone wanted to get a hold of me, email would probably be best. Austin at snappypress.com. Um, yeah, for whatever for whatever reason you might want to, that would be totally fine. Awesome. Um, I appreciate you coming in, especially yeah, on short me. notice, man. Yeah. This is awesome. Um, and uh, if you're listening, you've probably found out where to find us. So uh, if you have any questions or comments, send, us, send them in to us, uh, and then uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye.